0: The Truth News Network COVID, variants, Delta, Lambda There aren't enough letters in the Greek alphabet to perpetuate this tyranny And if you think it's all about a virus, think again. Open borders, most all of whom are sick. Only Walmart and Amazon are allowed to do business unrestricted. But your business is a hazard to public health? The lies are coming in torrents now. And the only way to hold back the flood is with the levy of truth. T-N-N,
1: the Truth News Network,
0: and your master of fact is Dan Newman. Don't know about the master thing, but I do know this. We've got a lot of facts to share with you this morning. Hello everyone and welcome to the Thursday edition of TNN Live. We're racing towards Christmas and New Year's. I guess this time every year, it seems to be that way. The closer we get to the end of the year, the quicker the days passed. And, and maybe that's because the days are shorter. At least sunlight part of the days are shorter. I, I don't know. But what I do know is there are a lot of things that are happening that are hidden purposely from the American people. And I guess the strangest thing about that is that it, it, it happening in itself is unbelievable. You would think with the ability we have to get information And we're given information by an uncountable number of sources every day. So much is thrown at us that many people just turn everything off and ignore information that's being splattered across television screens, telephone screens, and through various social media platforms and even newspapers. Yeah, there are a few of those still around add to the fact there's so much of it out there, this fact, that you can't believe at face value pretty much everything we hear, see, and read. And that's a a sad way to live a life. News is supposed to be news. It's supposed to be important information that everybody needs to hear and wants to hear. We're inquisitive by nature. Most of us really care about all the things that are going on in our lives and how they impact us, our families, our personal life, our business lives. And i got to be honest with you. As Americans, we're promised that right. And we're also promised that happens with no infringement on the part of our government. (laughs) Do you remember a time in your life where the U.S. government wasn't right in the middle of everything about your life? We're supposed to be free people. We're supposed to have inalienable rights that were given to us, not by our government, but by the Creator. Why did our forefathers word it that way, endowed by our Creator? They wanted to make sure that everybody that served then in government and everybody going forward that serves in government in the United States they understand we, the people, get it. They are not the end all of everything. They're not the beginning of everything. But who they are or employees. Everybody that serves in government in Washington, D.C., folks, technically work for us. We're the ones that they asked us to send them to D.C. to represent us, and they convinced us to do that. When they get there, they're obligated to do exactly what they took oaths of office to do, service, enforce the laws of the land that are duly passed, not through executive orders because there are no laws that are passed through executive order. No laws are delineated or done away with by executive order. It doesn't work that way. Why? Because we the people are in charge, not elected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., certainly not unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. But that whole concept has shifted. The meaning has been taken and manipulated to mean something totally opposite of what it was, what it was established to be, and what it has been since the beginning until A big group of people decided it was time to change that philosophy of government, the philosophy of being free, and even to rethink and look back at the contents of those first ten amendments. It's called the Bill of Rights. Those are the things that our forefathers wanted to make sure anybody that serves in government understands. Everything captured. Inside of those 10 amendments, and much more, by the way, belong to the people. Yeah, those elected officials, they have a voice. They have input. They can support or not support whatever it is that they like. You know how and why they can do that? Because each of them has the same right each of you and I have. And guess what? Regarding those things, they don't have any bigger, better, stronger, or any more rights to determine any of that other stuff than do you and I. And that whole thought process is pretty much missing. Would you agree? We don't hear much about that anymore. Oh, we'll hear some pontification on a stump during a campaign or going somewhere to make a speech in front of a bunch of voters And lay it on thick to everybody listening in. Oh, we respect. We are Americans. We all have the right to have our voices heard. We have the right to do everything and orchestrate everything about our lives. We have freedom. But then when they get away from that and they get behind closed doors with fellow legislators, the storyline changes. We know what's best for you. Those people out there don't have a clue. They don't want to be bogged down with the nitty-gritty details that we face every day to make decisions that we feel are best for the American people. And the more that's happened through the years, the more, the bigger the number of Americans that don't really pay attention to the things that are going on, don't get involved, don't want to get bogged down in any of it, They seize every little square inch that we vacate, that we put outside of our lives, that we don't want to get messed up with that. We don't have time for that. They take every little such thing, every little incident that drives that whole process, they grasp it, they seize it, and they add it to their stack of power chits. Their long-term goal, folks, nobody can argue this, is to take control, total control, of our government. And this is not the first time that's been attempted. You know that. Through the years, there have been many people that have stepped into office in the United States that have been eventually run out of office and run out of even being considered regarding anything in government because of the hardness, the pushing, the degrading of the free system of government that we all have and we're guaranteed in the U.S. Constitution in perpetuity to have. When we object to things that are going on in our government, we have the ability to object and be heard and make changes in the election, each election, every two years. But even now, and even that process, many of those that have grasped all that power They weren't given that power. They just took it. They want to do away with the election system and the way it's been structured. How was it structured? Every state controls all elections. Every state, individual states, 50 different ones. Not the federal government. It was never meant to be that way, and it was purposely structured to be that way to protect we, the people, and protect our rights. That's all under assault. It's sad, but instead of just fretting and worrying about it, we just have to get after it. We got to get down and get dirty, get in there, make sure our voices are heard, make sure our demands and those things we expect from those who we elect to go do in Washington, expect them to do that. Do what they promised they would do one of the biggest examples of one or two or a group seizing the power from the people without even having authorization to do so are in all of these President Biden vaccine mandates. And I think they poked a sleeping giant. And it looks to me every day a little bit more and more like that giant has awakened. And it's about to begin tearing through those who are trying to push that down the throats of Americans. Governor Christy Nome. a couple of months ago, I remember when she said this on Twitter. My legal team is standing by ready to file our lawsuit the minute Joe Biden files his unconstitutional vaccine mandate. The rule. This gross example of federal intrusion will not stand. And of course, every time this happens, folks, whoever does it, whoever makes these um, these statements, these rules, here's what you're going to do because I said you're going to do it. It's always done for this reason. And this is what they tell us, to protect all Americans That's not a reason, folks. Why isn't it a reason? Because there's no backing for that reason. It's an excuse. So in the name of that, to protect all Americans, Joe Biden has personally unleashed the greatest tyrannical federal overreach and abuse of power in our history. What is it? He made the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory for a total of nearly 100 million Americans despite his own earlier assurances that he wasn't going to do it, that he didn't have the power to do it. That's in addition, by the way, to mandates for every military member, every federal government employee, every federal contractor's employees, and every health care worker employed with any entity that provides patient care to Medicare and Medicaid patients. Biden's actions, it hadn't yet been determined if they violate the Constitution, but they violate the very spirit of the Constitution in the manner that only a true evil sociopath could even think about. He ties his executive order that will force private sector companies with over 100 million employees to mandate the vaccine. Folks, that smacks of those of an emperor who can't be questioned much more than a president at the service of the people. So regardless of Biden saying this, that this is not about freedom or personal choice, he really said that. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The issue at hand is 100% all about freedom and personal choice and stopping this out of control, tyrannical regime from continuing to trample on the sacred rights of all of us. It's uncontroverted now, folks. We know the vaccines don't provide close to the results promised for months by Fauci and other federal government health care experts. Vaccinated people are still coming down with COVID in great numbers. And even though herd immunity has been shown to create much more protection than the COVID vaccines, still, the Biden regime demands we all take vaccine that requires forever booster shots now. Novel thought. If they work as we were promised by Joe Biden and everybody else in his circle of experts, why is it necessary for a booster or two boosters, or three boosters, or even more. In one breath, Biden claims to be acting on behalf of all Americans. The next, he threatens the jobs of anybody who rejects this toxic, dangerous vaccine as a matter of conscience on any grounds against the informed consent laws that we have and have had for about four decades and more. He's basically forcing private companies to act as his government's enforcement agency and force their employees who don't want the vaccine to get vaccinated or they'll get fired. This president, nor any other president, or anybody else, doesn't have the authority to do this. And Biden knows it. He even admitted as much in December of 2020. Just a couple of months ago, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, she acknowledged that a COVID vaccine mandate isn't for the federal government to do. However, Biden seems to change his policies in mind every time the wind changes direction. And of course, as it serves his ends at any given moment, and they change from day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute. It's not stopping him now from using OSHA as his new medical people's commissarate for internal affairs, Joe Stalin style. Joe Biden, and any other president for that matter, can only use an executive order to supplement already existing laws passed by Congress, not to make new law like he's doing every day, folks. This COVID vaccine mandate violates the Constitution in a bunch of areas as does utilizing OSHA in what is literally an illegal attempt to bind Americans through illegally created rules that violate our fundamental rights. One is also denied their constitutional rights if forced to arbitrate any disputed matter through a bureaucrat as this places administrative power above the law, sidestepping judges in the courts, That's a process that they have figured out at the highest levels of our government. They don't want anything to get in the court system. What about the workers in these small businesses that have less than 100 workers who are exempt from Biden's order? Are they somehow magically immune? Or are the unvaccinated only seen as a threat if they work for the big companies in America whose money and influence Biden relies on to advance his social justice narrative and his now proven to be anti-American agenda. This proves he's only concerned with advancing his narrative, his false narrative surrounding COVID, and his own power more than caring for the actual health of Americans and certainly protecting them. As usual and through their limited knowledge, the proponents of the forced vaxes of America are quick to talk about that 1905 Jacobson versus Massachusetts case. They're using that as a justification rather than even telling anybody each person, each person's own individuality is a sovereign unto oneself given to us by our creator. They have largely ignored that Jacobson, the case, was the basis for allowing for the forced sterilization of the mentally ill in 1924. That's when it became a big deal. They won't tell you about that. And it was later overturned, by the way. They're ignorant of the fact that the Supreme Court would later rule in Washington versus Harper in 1990 that, and I'll quote, the forcible injection of medication into a non-consenting person's body represents a substantial interference with that person's liberty. You know that liberty that's guaranteed us in the Constitution? They don't want to talk about that. The remote possibility of dying from COVID doesn't serve as an arguable justification for the negation of all logic and our inalienable God-given rights and freedom and liberties. But to listen to the mad hatters in the Democrat Party in the Biden administration and others and their delusional followers across the nation, one certainly gets an impression they're all right with any perceived need for more tyrannical controls ordered from an on-high person. It's almost as though the Marxist-Maoist-cancel-culture-social-justice-warriors. Yeah, it takes a a lot to encapsulate all of those people. Marxist-Maoist-cancel-culture-social-justice-warriors. It's almost like they can barely contain their glee over Biden's tyranny. Oh, yeah, go, 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 go. We want more. We want more. As they rush to prove their loyalty... To him and that new world order we've heard about it for generations if it really exists there's something out there they're feeding and it looms over our horizon everything Biden's doing right now supposed to aim at eradicating COVID is nothing less than more big government tyranny steamrolling over individual and states rights by the way as he and his regime operate under no legal restraints or real challenges as of yet. Soon after Joe Biden's delusional and September tyrannical speech, Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi, he said this, The President has no authority to require that Americans inject themselves because of their employment at a private business. The vaccine itself is life-saving. And I think you know that I believe that, that he said, the governor said, is questionable at this moment. He continued, this unconstitutional move is terrifying. This is still America, and we still believe in freedom from tyrants. Senator Ted Cruz, the federal government has no authority to force businesses in Texas and across the country to mandate their employees get vaccinated. American businesses are still recovering from this past year and a half. It's cruel and burdensome to impose this authoritarian mandate. Americans have the right to exercise personal choice when it comes to their health. Getting the vaccine is a decision to be made in consultation with one's doctor, not forced on Americans by the government. Meanwhile, We're hearing calls from across the nation, from academia, that Biden has not gone far enough. They call for mandatory COVID vaccinations for all travel, all schools and employers, and an electronic database to track everyone's proof of vaccination. Essentially, conservatives who reject the vaccine for a host of well-founded reasons will be excluded from a right to work through normal channels and the nation overall will be thrown into a miserable Orwellian way of life, tracked and traced in not just public folks, but at home too. Frederick Hayek, the renowned economist, once said this, having seen millions voting themselves into complete dependence on a tyrant, he was referencing Adolf Hitler, has made our generation understand that to choose one government is not necessarily to secure one's freedom. Well, I guess pie in the sky for Biden and the others that want to shove these mandatory vaccines down the throats of every American. They're getting popped pretty good. All of President Biden's attempts to force the shot on American civilians have now been at least temporarily blocked by federal courts. Last month, the White House began directing federal agencies to halt suspending or firing any federal employees over their not getting a jab, a COVID jab, despite spending months promoting mandates as an urgent top priority for the Biden administration. Tuesday of this week, a federal judge in Georgia blocked the Biden administration's vaccine requirements for federal contractors, which were supposed to go into effect January 4th. Just last week, U.S. District Judge Gregory Tatenhoe slapped down the same mandate for federal contractors located in Kentucky, Ohio, and Tennessee. Can the president use congressionally delegated authority? In other words, can any president just insert themselves, just totally dismiss any congressional authority? Can any president do that to manage the federal procurement of goods and services to impose vaccines on the employees of federal contractors and subcontractors? In all likelihood, the answer to that question is no. So for the reasons that follow, the pending request for a preliminary injunction will be granted. That's the judge, Judge Tatenhove. Days prior to that, we covered it. Exhaustively here in Louisiana, U.S. District Judge Terry Doty temporarily blocked the CMS from enforcing their vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. U.S. District Judge Matthew Shelp in Missouri had already done that. He did it, and he named specifically health care institutions in Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming that receive federal money for providing health care services covered under Medicare and Medicaid. The ruling effectively prohibited hospitals and other health care entities in those states from getting rid of essential workers who have yet to get the COVID jab. In mid-November, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit here in Louisiana, they reaffirmed their suspension of the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for businesses. The court ordered that the Department of Labor's OSHA take no steps to implement or enforce this jab requirement until further court order, forcing the agency to suspend its temporary rule. These rulings by the feds, the federal courts, they only offer temporary relief until the legal challenges can be worked out. But the White House's effort to coerce businesses to, as Jen Psaki said, quote, move forward with measures that will make their workplaces safer and protect their workforces from COVID-19, were met with a stern warning from judges across the U.S., you know what? It's true. It's true that Biden, even as these courts temporarily pause the vax mandates, his goal is to get as many Americans vaccinated as possible. And that goal received a massive boost as a result of these executive actions. What kind of boost? How so? Millions of Americans, millions heard his threats and decided to go ahead and get jab because they believed his forceful actions were going to be allowed eventually so why not go ahead and get it even though many of them did not most of them did not want to be vaxxed, they relented and did it i was asked recently is there any way to reverse the effects of any of these covid-19 vaccines the negative effects i know there are some naturalists who are publishing ways to at least in part counter some of the adverse reactions of the vaccines, but folks, I know of nothing yet that will totally reverse it. The weekly VARES report the CDC publishes, it lists the totals of each of the types of adverse reactions Americans are experiencing from COVID vaccines. Those numbers are staggering in light of the historical comparisons of adverse effects from every vaccine of every kind since 1991. There's never been such an action from the federal government, even remotely similar to these by this president. And what's saddest of all is the total dismissal of the actual impact these vaccines have made to Americans. Many of folks who died, 20,000 reported have died and we're told that number is anywhere not even close to the real number who have died, not from COVID, but from the vaccines themselves. Worst of all, the obvious efforts by the White House and Dr. Fauci not to reveal even the possibility of any vaccine side effects. Can you name a single FDA-approved medication that hasn't been required to On their packaging, even in their radio, television, and newspaper ads, list every one of the potential reactions to those vaccines. Can you think of one? There's not a single adverse reaction that is included in the VAERS report on any vaccine label. Now, understand this I'm not a doctor, I'm not a healthcare worker. I'm never going to advise anyone to do or not to do anything regarding their own health care. That's you're right. I'm not an expert and I'll never do that. But president Biden is not an expert either yet. He prods and demands that every one of us follow his edicts regarding vaccinations. And he even blames the unvaccinated for the reinfections in those who are fully vaccinated and the percentages are mind boggling novel thought two and two two plus two equals four every time in most medical treatments the physician's diagnosis aligns with the prescribed medication and our treatment to be given to a patient this is the very first time in my lifetime I can remember anything similar to this being thrust on the American people. I'm going to leave it right here with with this statement. Something's not right. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you believe overall. I care not about your political affiliation. If you look at all of this and try to make all the pieces fit, they don't. There's something amiss. What is it? We can only speculate. But guess what's happening? The layers are being peeled off the eyes of tens of millions of Americans. And before we're done, folks, we're going to find out exactly what's going on. So what else do we have to talk about this morning? We've got some amnesty, pro-amnesty Democrat information more misleading claims about a lot of things. And you're going to hear from some folks. One of them is my buddy, one of my senators, U.S. senators here in Louisiana, John Kennedy. And he weighs in an amazing segment on the floor of the Senate yesterday about Joe Biden's Build Back Better and those who are pushing desperately to get it passed. There's much more, too. Back right after this. We're outside Pilgrim Furniture and Mattress City where parents are disappearing.
2: Excuse me, are your parents in there?
3: Yeah. They can't decide if they should take no interest for 60 months with no money down or an extra $100 off every $9.99 they spend. It's a tough choice.
1: But they've been in there for six hours. I want dinner.
2: Parents, if you're at Pilgrim, please make a decision. No way. Taco Bell's Toasted Cheddar Chalupa is back.
0: Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They, they toasted, toasted six-month-old, six-month-old aged cheddar, cheddar right, right
1: onto, onto the shell of a chalupa. chalupa? Best genius? No delicious? No both? And now it comes in a box with a crunchy, crunchy taco, taco cinnamon twist and a medium drink? Whoa. <sighs> oh, sorry. This is this is my stop.
2: Oh, uh, cool. We're all thinking it. The $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa box is back. Only at Taco Bell. At limited participating U.S. locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for prices, hours, and participation. Which vary, tax, extra drinks, excludes, freezes. American Ladders and Scaffolds, deal with the experts. Scaffolding, rental, and setup. Installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Fall protection. Ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders. Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds, delivery everywhere, every day.
1: American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher.
2: Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for
0: $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America
2: runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary.
0: Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. So the left has the squad. There isn't enough beer to hold to watch what happens next. You are the Army of Truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Here we are, telling you truths. While we were in that break, I got a note from a friend of mine down south. You've heard him here. He's an attorney, Shelly Maturin. He was on a few weeks ago with his client from um, New Orleans, from Kenner, Louisiana, down there. A mom whose son at high school, East Jefferson High School, was given a vaccination, a COVID-19 vaccination. He's underage, and they offered the hospital, the big hospital there in New Orleans, they offered this vaccine. He didn't know better, and he signed a release form. Um, it was illegal, them doing that. Oshner's Medical Center is who did it. Well, Shelley Maturin was already in a battle on behalf of a bunch of nurses that had been told by Oshner's some time ago, you either get vaxxed or you're fired. And so there are several cases pending in that regard. I got a note from him just a moment ago. I'm going to read it to you. On December 2nd, multiple nurses who put their lives on the line and were once heralded as heroes during the COVID pandemic were wrongfully terminated by Shriners Hospital. The lawsuits that are filed include a number of hospitals, Shriners being one of them. The firings occurred just two days after Federal Judge Terry Doty in Monroe, Louisiana issued a nationwide injunction against the CMS vaccination mandates that purportedly applied to every healthcare workers. At least ten of the terminated nurses are now represented by friend of this show, Shelley Maturin. According to Shelley, the egregious and lawless actions of shriners cannot be allowed to stand. Governmental agencies and private industry are running amuck, raining tyranny upon the citizens of Louisiana, and battle lines have been drawn. There's no gray in this. Only right and wrong, good and evil. Shriners has clearly chosen the wrong path. He went on to say, It certainly takes guts to willfully violate an order from a federal judge, but that is what Shriners has done, and now they're going to be made to pay. It's not just Shriners, folks. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans on a Saturday. They weighed in on a case that was filed by Texas, signed in the law in Texas that said it's illegal from this day forward, or when this rule, this law is enacted, for any employer in the state of Texas to require any employee to be vaccinated as a condition of employment. Well, when that law came out, Joe Biden's Department of Justice, they immediately went to court. And they asked the court to stay that decision. In other words, not let it go into effect. And the court they went to, the federal court they went to, did just that. Texas then appealed it to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals down in New Orleans. And they came out and said, hey, 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 that stay can't stay. We're saying, at least temporarily, the law goes into effect. The Biden DOJ thumbed their noses at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and they told everybody go ahead and do it. Honor our stay. Don't you dare. If you're in Texas, don't you dare stop doing what you're doing and making vaccine mandate." The Fifth Circuit then came in a few days later and they basically said to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General and to President Biden, and I'm kind of paraphrasing when I tell you they basically said don't come down here and mess with the federal courts. You better do what we tell you to do or else. And they didn't spell out what the or else is. And so this just illustrates folks. This, what we're seeing, what we're hearing is the epitome of tyranny. Who in their right minds would have ever thought this would happen in the United States of America. I didn't. I didn't. And I'm one of those people that I see a lot of things and believe a lot of things. And I'm skeptical about a lot of things. And when I find a question mark that just pops up in my head and it grabs me about something really important and it just doesn't smell right, I start digging. I can tell you this. I can't find any authorization in the U.S. Constitution, nor in any regulation, any laws passed by Congress that in any way specifically authorize a president to do these things. And what our U.S. Constitution is all about, folks, it's not about giving our government power and authority to tell us what we can and can't do. Certainly not the executive branch, anybody in it. If there's any of that kind of stuff that's supposed to be done, it's controlled Determination of it, implementation of it, whether or not we're going to do it, belongs solely in the United States Congress. Have you heard or seen a vaccine mandate be signed into law at the federal government level? Folks, that's the only way it can be implemented legally. This process that Joe Biden is living in right now that he created. He didn't do it. Somebody that's behind the curtain, the wizard of Oz. There's somebody behind the curtain, pulling the strings, making the decisions, pushing them out to their prop who happens to be Joe Biden. And by the way, his ability to be a, a good prop, it diminishes on a daily basis. We're going to get into just a little bit of that. In, uh in the next hour, but it's tyranny, it's tyranny. There is no other way you can describe what is being tried and desperately being pushed harder and harder. And let me tell you this. Here's something that I don't think they really think might happen, they being the far left, the Biden administration and others in D.C. that are trying their best to take over and control everything in our lives. They're trying to buy us. They're trying to bias all of this giveaway money stuff, all of these causes. You need to take a little time if you haven't already and pull down the Build Back Better Act and go through and read the different things that are being funded if this thing should ever be passed in the Senate. At least 90% of it is giving money away. It's buying the favor of people and what they're doing folks they're 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 bleeding they're bleeding americans taxpayers bleeding every taxpayer's pockets in an effort to buy the favor of people who are in many cases not comprehending the reality of all this stuff that's happening it just gets crazier and crazier yesterday senator john kennedy U.S. Senator from Louisiana. On the floor of the Senate, he weighed in on some of the stuff that's in the Build Back Better bill that is pending. And he gave a a fiery speech. You're going to hear this speech again and again, and I promise you it's going to be in U.S. history. Listen to this short segment with Senator Kennedy in the U.S. Senate yesterday.
3: Madam President, I really appreciate my colleagues' remarks. I do. I don't agree with his (laughs) Objection, but I I, I uh, appreciate them. I, I just want to say a couple of more words. Um, I didn't make a deal. Now let me say it again. Now, let me say it a different way. I don't hate anybody. Lord knows, I look for grace wherever I can find it. I like every one of my colleagues. I really do. The Senate's the most interesting group of people I've ever been around. Um. I'm not part of management. I'm labor. And I meant what I said. Uh, I belong in labor because I don't always fit in. And I do believe it's one of my best qualities. Uh, The truth of the matter is, and this is what we're disagreeing over, President Biden, Senator Schumer, Speaker Pelosi, my other Democratic friends, have proposed the Build Back Better bill. Now, any economist with a pulse will tell you that it's going to cost about $5 trillion without the gimmicks. It's going to raise taxes a couple of trillion. We'll probably end up having to borrow another $3 trillion to pay for it. We'll have to borrow the money. We don't have the $3 trillion. We don't even have 5% of it. Now, I think that the bill represents a spending, taxation, and borrowing orgy that we don't need. But I understand my Democratic colleagues disagree. I get that. Um, My Democratic friends can't pass and implement the bill without raising the debt limit. That's just a fact because they won't be able to borrow the money. Now, if, if I don't support the bill, why do I want to support allowing them to borrow the money, especially when Senator Schumer, my friend Senator Schumer, can do it on his own? He can do it before the weekend is out. All he's got to do is do a simple amendment to the budget resolution. What am I missing here? And I know a deal has been made, and some people are going to vote for it. You're not looking at one of them. And I respect their right to make a deal, but I didn't make a deal. But I've been put in a position of saying, okay, Kennedy, we're going to show you. You've got to choose between keeping your word to your people or cutting Medicare. And we wonder why Congress polls right up there with skim milk. That's why they look around and they see frauds and liars in every direction. I I really regret that my bill didn't pass. Because it would have protected our elderly. And I do support protecting our elderly. And it would have protected our farmers. And I do support protecting our farmers. And this so-called deal puts them both at risk. Thank you very much, Madam President.
0: The underlying context of what Senator Kennedy is talking about was a measure that is being considered in the U.S. Senate to go after Medicare and Social Security. Now, why are they doing that? That's supposed to be the holy grail that nobody can ever touch, nobody ever will touch, protect the elderly among us. I happen to be one of those elderly Among Us folks. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I'm told regularly, and this just blows my mind, I hear people around me that are intelligent, people that I know, and they talk negatively about Social Security and how big a drain it is on the federal government. They're ignorant at least to one fact. Very few people that are on Social Security, very few people that are on Medicare are getting a free ride. Folks, somebody like me, I'm 68 years old. I, I, I did my first real job where I was an employee. It was part-time, but I got a paycheck, and I had deductions held out of my paycheck, every paycheck. I was age 14. What does that mean? It means for 54 years, every paycheck I've ever gotten, money was taken out of my check and equally matched by whatever employee uh, employer I work for and was sent to Washington DC. It's a combination. They took out social security benefits money and they took out Medicare money. I didn't get any of that. Now they say, Oh, you send it to us. And when you retire, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of your health care. You won't be stuck with big medical bills. So, all you got to do for 54 years is every paycheck send us the money. We got you covered. And that's what millions, tens of millions of us, hundreds of millions of us through my lifetime have done. So, here's Senator Kennedy. He's out there calling his compadres to task for even talking about doing something that would in any way decrease the benefits that federal employees, elected people for generations have protected. Don't touch it. This is just one more thing, one more example of what I am feeling more and more every day is a possibility. Militant America in the streets. Do you think that will ever happen? I hope it doesn't. I'm not projecting. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a a seer. I'm not doing anything like that. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't know what the age of the population is that is in this particular status, 65 years old and above. I mean, we could find out pretty quickly, but that's a lot of folks. And then they're not thinking about those that are right now like ages 45 to 55 to 60 that are still working, still giving. And it's not a voluntary thing, folks. It's deducted by law. They're getting all of that money by law. It's not a contribution. It's taken. Confiscatory policy is what it's called. And the very possibility of this even being considered seriously, it just blows my mind. That tells me something. There's probably more behind the scenes that we don't even yet know about. Now, something else seriously has happened in the U.S. Senate. Senate's getting after it. Let me just tell you this. The Senate, the U.S. Senate, actually passed a bill to stop President Biden's vaccine mandate. Listen to this.
1: Does any senator wish to change his or her vote? If not, the yeas are 52, the nays are 48. The joint resolution is passed.
2: This is a deadly pandemic that has ended the life of 700,000 of our mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers prematurely. Hundreds of thousands of Americans who should be sitting at the Christmas table, who should be at Hanukkah celebrations with their families this month, and they are gone. 700,000 Americans have disappeared.
0: What you're hearing is a few senators, after this bill was passed, coming up and blasting other senators for believing it was even good to do this, that people are gonna die. And at the end of this, you're gonna hear a couple of senators that explain why it was passed.
2: But apparently, the inconvenience of a weekly test is so odious, is so revolting, that it's worth another 700,000 people dying. Because that's what we're talking about, a weekly test.
3: So how on earth does it make sense right now to undercut one of the strongest tools that we have to get people vaccinated and stop this virus.
0: The federal government has no authority to make anyone choose between getting a vaccine and keeping their job.
2: We are the United States of America, home of the free, land of the brave. That we are a people that make our own decisions and live in a free nation
0: those first two senators you heard from you heard the mantra the talking points that's what it is and the reason i'm having this part of that that you heard in this conversation and we were talking about social security and medicare it all falls in line folks did you hear those two democrat senators in comparison to the two republican senators that spoke last comparing the differences and political philosophies, governmental philosophies, and freedoms for Americans. Did you hear the differences? Instead of anybody starting at this point, and this is where many people are missing it today, even Democrats that are moderates are missing it. Far left, they've been gone away from it for a long time. Freedom does not start at the government and get pushed out, pushed down to the American people from there. Never has. And legally, it never will be. Their perspective is flipped 180 degrees from the fundamentals that are guaranteed the American people in the United States Constitution. We, the people, not our first, everything, everything is determined at that level. Yes, there are people in Washington that adjust. They change, they add things, but they all do it at the behest of the people, not at the behest of fellow members of their party and certainly not at the behest of whoever's living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. This is a historical period that we're going through. You can look at world history. Not the revisionist versions, but real world history. And look at countries throughout the ages as we have seen very healthy, functioning nations, in most cases, slowly morphing into top-down government. Not a single one, folks, not a single one has ever been effective They always do it in the name of, we know what's best for our people. We're going to do what's best for our people. We can manipulate and manage resources better than the populace can. We know more. And it always comes down to this. They seize the authority to make those decisions, to implement the policies that lead to that kind of government. And in every case, folks, every case. When the people finally give up give in and say well i'm tired of fighting i guess i'll go along with it yeah you know what happens tyrannical authoritarian government are we headed there real truth real news tnn the truth news network
2: rose knows you're a craftsman guy you have a lot of tools Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools.
1: Yes.
2: When tool guys need new tools, yeah. they start with Lowe's. The new home of craftsmen. Morning face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda.
1: Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is oh, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Oh, that went in my
2: eyes. Quit moving. It's called Beauty Sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Salt and Mattresses. IKEA. Love your home.
1: Dear daddy, dear mom, I love you. I miss you.
0: Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of fallen soldiers.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express,
0: a nonprofit that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. We can never repay the sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Donate now at snowballexpress.org. But the cake. Yeah, that's a little different on a much better note than what we've been talking about this morning. You know, I don't. I'm not a downer. My glass has always been half full. In fact, many people in my lifetime have uh, uh, they have reprimanded me for being such an optimist instead of being a realist. And I got to be honest with you. You've got to stay optimistic, or if you just look at circumstances and the environment that we're opening up our lives to every day and learning more about every day. You're going to want to leave (laughs) and there's no place to go folks. There's no place to go with all of this stuff going on. Still the United States is the greatest country and I'm so glad. I'm so thankful that I was born in and I still live in the greatest country in world history, the United States of America. Now, back to what we were talking about, this top down stuff that's being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Some Democrat senators are threatening to override the Senate's debate referee, the parliamentarian. They're hearing and seeing signals that the referee has decided to exclude that one little benign part of the Build Back Better law parole amnesty. Parole amnesty. Now, what does all that mean? Well, the Los Angeles Times, they uh, they said this yesterday. Senate Majority Whip Richard Durbin, Dick Durbin, a longtime proponent of immigration reform, said he would support overhauling the parliamentarian if she rules against them. Durbin said, I'd vote for that. I hope it doesn't come to that. Senator Alex Padilla, Democrat from California, the successful son of illegal immigrants, also suggested he was going to try to overrule the Senate's parliamentarian. Whatever it takes to get this done, he said, for Democrats as a whole, I think as time goes on, as negotiations continue, it's increasingly clear how important and urgent this is. So what's this all about? Well, let me tell you what the parliamentarian does. It's a process that was created by the Senate itself. And it's part of the framework of how the United States Senate operates. Remember that the Senate made this rule. This parliamentarian is expected to decide this week if the Democrats amnesty plan that's stuck in this build back better bill, if she says, It's too much of a policy change to be included in a bill that's being processed through the fast-track, no-filibuster-reconciliation process. This shouldn't even happen, folks. It's in the policy, the Senate policy made by the Senate, and Democrats— because it's regarding something that they so desperately want to see happen. You know the only way this nation will ever remain with a strong Democrat Party? Is if this Democrat Party stuffs its membership with people that are beholding to the leaders that opened up the borders, brought them in here, feeding them, housing them, clothing them, educating them, taking care of health care. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. That's what this is about. The Democrats are using the reconciliation bill the build back better to push their illegal migration expansion plans because they don't have the necessary 60 votes needed to overcome the Senate's minority protection filibuster rules that the Senate made. The amnesty proposal would pro, 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 it would it would put six and a half million illegals with a ten-year parole status gives them work permits. Six and a half million. Do you know what's going to happen if that happens? Six and a half million other people are going to be put out of work for this six and a half to come in. It's not clear the Democrats can override the parliamentarian. My question is, why would you even try to do it? Those are the rules that you made. You made them. You want to change the rules, do it the way in the process that you set up to do it in. Otherwise, follow the rules. So in the middle of all this stuff coming up, a story was published yesterday that says the United Nations is handing out $800 debit cards to illegal migrant families that are headed to the United States from Mexico. But aid organization officials say the people pictured in that story are not U.N. employees. The maximum financial assistance is less than half the amount stated, and the cards can only be used in Mexico. Listen to this theory now. The word is out. We always wondered there had to be some specific magnet on the north side of the U.S.-Mexico border to cause so many illegals to give up their lives and even more so risk their lives to make that long, long arduous trek from points in, north, uh, in northern part of South America, Central America, Mexico to get here. There had to be a reason other than just wanting to get to the greatest country on the planet. Because people are, I mean, they're all in. Millions of them are doing it, have been doing it for a long time. So here's what happened. This story came out about this. The Mexican government and the United Nations paying these migrants to come up here from other countries to illegally immigrate into the United States. This story that I'm on right now, folks, it's one of the fact checkers about the given money, direct dollars and cents that the United States is paying. That makes it worse. Are you serious? Dan? Yeah, listen. Who's the biggest funder of the United Nations? The United States of America. We give them 20% of their total budget. And some of this money is coming directly From the American people and the United Nations is taking arbitrary power and authority to give it away. And they're giving it away to subsidized illegal actions taken against the United States. Do you see how asinine that is? So here's what this story says They quote the Gateway Pundit. It's an article yesterday that was published. And they say this, the Gateway Pundit article is based on tweets by Todd Bensman of the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS, which bills itself as a nonpartisan, low-immigration, pro-immigrant research organization. But, now this is the fact-checkers, I love this, they say, the fact-checkers do. The Southern Poverty Law Center Civil Rights Nonprofit describes CIS as the go-to think-tank for the anti-immigrant movement. Now, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, everybody on the left that was supportive of illegal immigration, they touted, they quoted Center for Immigration Studies left and right. Oh, we've got to do this because CIS says this. we got to do that because they tell us this. And now the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a group that's not a law center at all, it's a group of hardcore leftists. They come out and say cis is the go-to think tank for the anti-immigrant movement. Let's move on. Benzman, who was a, a cis national security fellow, he tweeted back in November in Reynosa, Mexico at a migrant camp, the United Nations helpfully doles out debit cards to aspiring U.S. border crossers. These workers said a migrant family of four gets about 800 bucks a month. I watched long lines of migrants get their U.N. debit cards. And his tweet included a series of photos, one of which appears to show a card being given to a woman. The image is also featured in the Gateway Pundit's article published yesterday. So, the fact-checkers reached out to, or probably the U.N. representative reached out to this fact-checkers, AFP fact check. And they explained what they say is the real version of what happened in Reynosa. Quote The tweets by Todd Benzman do not represent our staff. This is according to Safa Masili, a UN crisis communications and advocacy spokesperson. The people who appear there are members of a counterpart. She did say that the UN does provide aid to some migrants, but it cannot be used for the purchase of alcohol, tobacco, or in exchange for cash. Consumption is monitored. Constant contact is maintained with beneficiaries who receive individualized cards to prevent someone from using them. And she continued, this is just unfathomable to me, quote, electronic purses are given only to migrant individuals or families who fit a particular profile, including single caregivers, elderly people, pregnant women, families with a disabled member or children, victims of crime in Mexico, or people who are working and renting on their own and looking to achieve greater Self-sufficiency, she said. You can sense this in this fact check. They're getting away from coming right out and saying, oh, that story's not true. They're justifying it. They're not giving out debit cards. They're giving them electronic purses. Further, she said, no... UN staff were present at the event, depicted in Benzman's tweet, and also pictured in the Gateway Pundit article. She characterized the headline of the Gateway Public article as false for two reasons. And the, I'll read you the headline. I'm looking at it. United Nations is handing out $800 debit cards to illegal migrant families in Mexico heading to the U.S. Oh, no staff were present at that, and the headline is false for two reasons. Listen to reason number one. The UN does not hand out debit cards. We hand out e-wallets, which can be used to purchase certain items at certain locations locations, and cannot be exchanged for cash. In other words, they use the e-wallets to pay for stuff. <laughs> And the second wrong that they said is, quote, the maximum amount which can be delivered to a family through the e-wallets is approximately $395, depending on family size, not $800. Oh my gosh. That's a fact checker, folks. In other words... Well, we're not doing it the way you said we're doing it. And it's not exactly the United Nations that's doing it. It's a subgroup that the United Nations funds that's doing it. And they're not credit cards. They're e-wallets. And they can't be spent on booze, on cigarettes. Didn't say what they could be spent on and they check on them. Oh, they make sure they're not breaking the rules. You believe any of that? It's it, it, I don't know of a single really good thing throughout history of the United Nations where there's been any real good democratic stuff being done to help people around the world. I don't know of any. Yeah, there are cases in Parts of uh, the United Nation, really, they help people that are hungry. They feed a bunch of people. Uh, They did, at least many years ago, they did a good job with UNICEF, helping kids around the world that were hungry, needed health care, and couldn't get it. That's all perfect. But I guarantee you, I don't know the real numbers, but I bet as a percentage of what the United Nations is doing, those real worthy causes, direct help for people, I mean direct help, I'm going to bet it's less than 10% of what they do. And you can't fact check that. I'm not saying that's the way it is. I'm hypothesizing. And I don't care, folks, if you only give an incentive of $395 per person. The fact that you're giving anything, that's an encouragement for them to make the trick. That's an encouragement for them to break the laws of one of your members in the United Nations that of course is the United States of America and you're using money given to you by the United States of America to give to those people you're making possible to break U.S. law in my opinion the United Nations is long past its worth and it needs to be done away with period I know they own a building in the southern part of Manhattan. Well, they don't own it the same way somebody else owns it. We can't legally, as far as United States law is concerned, I've been told we can't make them leave. But I can tell you what would make them leave is if we quit funding them totally. Well, they would cut their services to the United States people. Tell me one thing the U.N. has ever done for you. Tell me one thing specifically they've ever done for anybody. Tell me one thing they've done that are worth the billions of dollars that the United States as the bigot funder of the United Nations gives to them and has given to them. It's time to pull in the horns and do what's best for the American people. Novel idea, right? The United Nations' its existence, what it does, certainly doesn't play into that. You probably didn't hear about this, but President Biden signed an executive order, another one yesterday. This one's intended to reduce carbon emissions. <laughs> I thought that was already underway. Well, this one's for specifically reduce carbon emissions across the federal government. And the goal, of course, everything in this regard that comes out of this administration, the goal, net zero emissions from overall federal operations by 2050. His EO calls for the use of the federal government's annual purchasing power of $650 billion to make sweeping changes to the government's 300,000 buildings and fleet of 600,000 cars and trucks. In other words, replacing them with electric battery-operated vehicles. 600,000 cars and trucks. The president's bipartisan infrastructure bill and Build Back Better spending plans still being negotiated, they say will provide the funding necessary to achieve the goals of this executive order. Folks, there's no money that's going to be neutral. There's no money that is neutral or will be neutral if this Build Back Better bill ever comes about. In fact, there's no question if you take all the gimmicks out of the bill back better, and what are the gimmicks they put in there? Paragraphs, clauses, references. They shortcut the process to make it look better than it really is. All of the spending programs they're put in it, they all have a deadline. They're going to last only one year, two years at the most on several of them. And there's never been a program in U.S. history that's been built, funded, and is supposed to end after a certain period of time. There's not one in history that's ever ended. Why? Because they come back later and make the spending measures permanent. So what they're saying is going to cost $1.7 trillion. It's more likely before they're done because the programs they want to implement and create and fund and fund and fund and fund, They'll come back later and make them permanent. You're talking about $5 trillion instead of $1.7. That's not my number. That's a number from a nonpartisan, investigative, economic government program that has already looked at it. You're going to get the real numbers as the CBO is regrading it, and they're going to take out the effects of just those one year programs and figure out what they're going to cost in the long term, they're going to release that tomorrow, but I guarantee it'll be close to five, somewhere between four and five. Again, Biden, an executive order, he cuts government emissions. That is nothing but symbolism over substance. I won't even get into all of this, but do you know it will be impossible for this nation to flip a switch and become electric transportation only? Our electric grid, it does not sustain electric vehicles. It doesn't, folks. They won't even tell you what happens. For instance, I live in a neighborhood, an upscale neighborhood. It's relatively new, maybe four or five years old. has a great infrastructure in it for utilities, everything. Streets, curbed and guttering, sewage, water, electricity. A really good one. It's current. But do you know if every person in this subdivision wanted to just go buy one electric vehicle? It's mostly two car families, but just one of them electric. People that live here couldn't charge their cars. Why is that? They don't want to tell you. You know the power, the amperage, the wattage that it takes to charge one electric car overnight? There is no existing infrastructure at any neighborhood, any residential area in the United States that has that infrastructure built in. They don't want to tell you about that. That's just one thing. That's just one thing. Wow. I wasn't going to do this, but I want you to listen to this statement by our president, the one who's running the nation, that is without question in the process of running it into the ground listen to his wisdom yesterday listen closely
3: we're making progress we're going to keep at it to ensure the american people are paying their fair share for gas not being gouged for gas and look look as Mandel, as man said We're in a situation where we've known.
0: That's the president of the United States. He wants everybody to pay their fair share. He was thinking about taxes. That's what that line has been used all throughout his campaign and since his inauguration. And he's talking about filthy rich Americans paying their fair share, but he used it to talk about me and you paying our fair share for gasoline. Listen to this again.
3: We're making progress. We're going to keep at it to ensure the American people are paying their fair share for gas, not being gouged for gas. Look. Look. As as we're in a situation where we've known (laughs) we're
0: in a situation. Yeah, we have a president that is in a situation and I shouldn't be laughing. It's just, it, it, in some way, it's hysterical to me to believe that this is going on. I, I mean, I, I just can't believe it. I just cannot believe that we're dealing with this. Ever. But yet alone right now with everything that's going on around us. If you try to pull back from the ground level in which we all live, try this sometimes. Think of one segment of things in your life where the government is part of it. And yeah, I know the government is part of everything. I get that. But I'm talking about specific things. Maybe it's education. Um, maybe it's your job. And think about how this government, this administration, this Congress, how they have impacted all that you do in that one area. Just think about that alone. And then while you're thinking about it, ask the question. Is this for the American people, what they're doing? The restrictions, the openings, the opportunities, the financing of. Is this really for the American people? Is this something that we, the American people, we instructed them to do on our behalf, that we authorized them to do on our behalf? And you know what will happen? In almost every case, your answer is going to be nope. That's not what the American people want. They didn't ask the American people about it. Yeah, they asked us to vote for them, and we did. But in most cases, folks, the hard left, the leftist Democrats and others in the United States Congress, they don't abide by what they campaigned promising. And if you call them on it, if you confront them with it, they'll end up almost every time saying, I'm only one voice. I only have one vote. And then when they come around next time to ask you to vote for them, send them back to Washington, D.C., and you say, well, look, you promised last time that you were going to get this done. And when it came time to do it, you didn't vote the right way or you didn't push hard enough. And they say, I'm only one vote. I'm one vote. And then when they run again, they ask you to let them go back up there and fix things. And you say, why would I do that? You didn't do it before. And they blame their not being able to do it on others whose votes have prevented them from getting done what they promised they were going to do. It's a vicious circular cycle. It's a process that is embedded in Washington, DC and out of the loop. And all of their decision-making on any of these issues is guess who? The American people. Seriously, folks. The American people aren't even included in it. But in the middle of all of this, isn't it interesting how some politicians' eyes, even those on the left, are being opened? Can you imagine a scenario when a governor a governor like uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer from Michigan, hardcore leftist. She actually said this. She told business owners that she sees COVID-19 vaccine mandates as, and this is a quote, a problem for both businesses and her government. She was talking to a bunch of Michiganians, the Local Entrepreneurs Monday, with the question, what is on your radar that should be on ours at state government? So when several of these business owners commented on the effect of the president's vaccine mandates, Whitmer said that as an employer, the state of Michigan has similar issues. Quote, we're an employer too, the state of Michigan. I know if that mandate happens, we're going to lose state employees. That's why I haven't proposed a mandate. We have a lot of the same concerns it's going to be a problem for all of us. She talked about the strain an employee mandate can have on an employer's workforce as the main reason she's not instituting any statewide policy herself. A federal judge blocked the president's mandate for all federal contractors this week. And we just talked about and presented the evidence showing you the other ones. But those are all temporary pauses. But it's interesting to watch every day now Usually, um, quietly in many cases, and sometimes hesitantly, more and more leaders on the left are realizing, "Uh uh-oh, we messed up. This ain't going to work. This is not going to fly. The American people won't allow it. It's happening, and it's happening quite often, just not enough yet. And I pray that we don't have to go all the way down into the the ah, the depths of life here in the United States before this entire government wakes up and says, "You know what? This isn't going to work. We got to do something about it." I hope that happens soon. Big news on the COVID-19 front. There seems to be some of that every day. We've got that. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss this. Back in a minute.
1: Long live the courageous. Hey, God bless and keep you always. The tenacious. May you always do for the ones who push forward. And give back. Long live the greater good, the helping hand, those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome, the will to outwork, and
2: the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last. Northern Tool and Equipment.
1: My girlfriend has given me a pet name.
2: I'm afraid to ask.
1: Snuggle Muffin.
2: No, it isn't. And she
1: uses it in public.
2: Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky.
1: I couldn't do that.
2: I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless leaf blower.
1: Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle. Snuggle? Snuggle! I am so out of here. Wait. Come back, Thunder Chunky.
3: There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment.
0: This is the truth your mama warned you about. TNN. The
1: Truth News Network. TruthNewsNet.org.
0: And Dan Newman. I don't know about that. (laughs) What my mom warned me about pretty much had to do with if you don't listen to me and do what I tell you to do or not do what I tell you not to do, the wrath of mama's going to be coming down on you. (laughs) You're not getting any of that here. Big news on COVID-19 fronts. Well, the FDA is asking a judge... To give it a little more time to produce some data concerning the Pfizer and the BioNTech vaccine, to um, they need 20 years, 20 years to give the American people all that data that went into these vaccines. Now remember, all that stuff that was done to get these vaccines to the marketplace happened in little over six months. But they made a previous request for some extra time a few weeks ago. They went back to the court now and have asked for 20 more years. Guess how long the total is they've asked the court to give them before they have to produce any of it? 75 years. 75 years. Now, what's the pause in it? They have to go through every page of all the data that was collected from the testing they did. And they have to redact the parts that are in this data trove, the parts that they say are classified. Classified. Now, Pfizer, folks, is not a government entity. It's a corporation. BioNTech, same thing. They collaborated. They did this. Pfizer, the company that has been fined through the years tens of billions of dollars for breaking laws, for cutting corners, misrepresentation, and even fraud. And they don't want to come forward with the documents that show what the testing was all about, what went into their process to give Joe Biden the right he thinks he has to make every American be jabbed with one of these Pfizer vaccines. By the way, incidentally, if you're even considering get a vaccination I don't normally give advice about this, but I would urge you to throw the Pfizer one out. Regardless of what they are telling Americans, it's fully approved by the FDA. It's not, folks. Very quietly and secretly, as they rolled out in their partnership with BioNTech, their original COVID vaccination, and began to give it to patients, Of all the adverse reactions of every kind from these vaccines, the three, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and Pfizer-BioNTech, the one that has killed more people and permanently disabled more people, caused more miscarriages, and all kinds of other adverse reactions is that from BioNTech with Pfizer. So that's not the one that was approved by the FDA. They couched their terminology when they sent out the, uh, the news bulletin that said Pfizer, fully approved by the FDA, vaccine. It's a different one. It's called Comartity. Comartity vaccine has been fully approved by Pfizer Corporation. In fact, in the same release the FDA put out, they said the BioNTech vaccine remains an emergency use authorization only. Now, what's the big deal about that? It's real simple, folks. You know, we told you Pfizer's having more adverse reactions that are serious in a normal situation. What happens? Well, the drug company is liable for any of these uh, egregious things that happen to the patients that use their pharmacy drug, right? That's normal. In this case, it's not. Why? When a drug company is given by the FDA EUA status on a medication, emergency use authorization, from that point until and only if that drug is permanently said by the FDA to be authorized, Pfizer has no liability from anybody for anything regarding anything that happens to anybody using that, that drug. Well, who's going to pay for it? The federal government, if anything's going to be done. So the BioNTech-Pfizer collaboration drug, it's the one that's been most widely used, therefore caused by far the most adverse reactions, You have no no recourse against Pfizer for anything that happens negative to your use, from your use of the Pfizer vaccine. Well, I'll just go get the Comarnity, the one that is fully approved. That way, Pfizer would be liable. Well, guess what? That drug is not even available in the United States. It's not even on shelves. It's not in your pharmacy. And you can't get it. Now, tell me. There's not something wrong with that picture. Bait and switch at the Federal Drug Administration. And another little tidbit of news popped out yesterday. People who get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, we are told that they are at elevated risk of getting a severe autoimmune disorder that can cause paralysis Researcher used data from the Vaccine Safety Data Link, which is run by the CDC of all places, and they found 21 potential cases, 11 of which were confirmed of Guillain-Barre syndrome in people who got their shot, and most happened within 13 days of getting vaccinated. The incidence rate of confirmed cases per 100,000 people was 34.6 during the 1 to 21 days after administration. That's much higher than the historical background rate of 2 per 100,000 people. Adjusted rates also came in higher than the expected in background rates. Researchers determine the incidence of this autoimmune disease, GBS, was much lower among those who got an mRNA vaccine or a Moderna or Pfizer shot. The rates after those vaccines were similar to the background rates. So the study validates finding from the VARES reporting system. A study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in October that analyzed data from their system, from the vares system, found a, quote, potential small but statistically significant safety concern for Guillain-Barre syndrome, following receipt of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The number of GBS cases reported to VARES following receipt of the vaccine through December 8th, 210. Now, what the Biden administration, what Fauci and all his other sycophant far-left health professionals, experts will say, 210 is all? I mean, that's their justification. That's their explanation. When they're questioned, and anybody will actually answer a question about expl- explanation of what do you have to say about the VARES report that shows there are horrible adverse reactions happening to all three of the COVID vaccinations, their fallback always is it was only 210. Folks aren't supposed to be any. And they told us up front, going to be safe. Everything's going to be cool. Have we given you this week's CDC report on the VAERS report of um, the adverse reactions? In case we haven't, I'll just quickly summarize. This is through last Friday. Well, Friday before last, November 26th. Reported numbers, 20,000 deaths, 100,000 hospitalizations, 102,000 urgent care cases, 140,000 doctor office visits, 8,300 cases of anaphylaxis, 11,000 cases of Bell's palsy, 3,100 miscarriages, 10,000 heart attacks, 15,000 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis. These numbers are posted on the CDC website, VAERS, V a e r e s report published every week. Now they tell us, small print, but they tell us the real number that follow these numbers that are reported is probably as much as 41 times more than the numbers in this report. Are you okay with that? Do you feel comfortable rolling the dice for you or any of your family members? knowing that of the 20,000 that have died, almost all of them, by the way, are from the use of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccination. This is not people that die from COVID. These numbers are people that were vaccinated and they die from the adverse reactions of the vaccinations. Are you okay with that? In the context of how many such occurrences happened before we started using COVID-19 vaccines beginning back in 1991 when they started keeping the numbers, the VAERS reports, the adverse reactions that fall into the categories and others that we just mentioned, in total, for all vaccines, that means measles, mumps, uh, any other one, polio, all of them, all of the adverse reactions rolled in together into one number of, just as an example, resulted in death. That's the easy one. And the most, the one that is most um, hated by the American people, how many people died from a medicine? From 1991 to December 31st last year, 1,900 people died total. And already this year, 20,000 they tell us have been reported have died from adverse reactions to these vaccines. And then they tell us it could be 41 times that number. You do the math. It could be as much as 800,000 Americans have died. This is from the CDC. Fauci won't talk about it. He's never mentioned it. Never will for obvious reasons. That's another reason because this is now an open reporting across the united states this is not truth news network is not the only place that reports it and if you go try to find it you can find it on the cdc website but they've got it buried you've got to go through all kinds of hoops to get it fortunately we have it bookmarked and if you want it shoot me an email and i'll send you that bookmark you can you can not only click on the uh, the bookmark site and go to it whenever you want to. You can set it up so that every week when they publish it, you get an email. I'll be glad to do that. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. Back to President Biden. You remember during his campaign what he told us all? He told us a lot of things. But he promised one thing that he was going to, his words, kill COVID-19. I'm going to kill it. He came in and fraudulently, he and Kamala Harris, the VP, both fraudulently told the American people that when they took over, there was no no distribution plan at all that they inherited from the Trump administration for distribution of these COVID vaccine when they came out. Oh, there wasn't anything in place. Folks, in September of 2020, Here at Truth News Network, we published a copy of the Trump administration's very elaborate and detailed plan to distribute the COVID drugs. They were using the military go-tos. Why would they do that? Because the military has bases all over the continental United States and also a lot of airplanes, a lot of trucks to distribute stuff. And the plan named everything down to the very most basic process of distributing these these drugs. And the Biden folks lied about it until they were called on the carpet for it. it. It sometimes just makes me think they feel like we're stupid, that we don't get it. Or we would get it, but we're not not uh, inquisitive enough to go get the facts for ourselves and get the answers. We just let them tell us everything. So as of today, we're 10 months, 11 months into this thing with Joe Biden. Only 39% of voters believe that he's doing a better job handling the coronavirus stuff than did former President Trump. On the other hand, 50% say he's doing a worse job. 10% 10% say Biden and Trump manage the virus equally. Now, this is a Rasmussen poll of a thousand likely voters. That's yet another stunning number that shows the public's buyer remorse after they kicked Trump out of office and replaced him with a man who's no idea where he even is half the time. Managing the COVID outbreak was the big rationale behind Biden's presidential run and why many think he allegedly beat Trump. At the beginning of his presidency, Biden's management of the pandemic is where he scored the highest public approvals. (laughs) Obviously, that's gone. Those days are over. Not only has the American public soured on his pandemic management, but 10 full points by 10, voters look back and see Trump did a better job. And this isn't just Rasmussen. In a Real Clear Politics poll of people, Biden is upside down on the coronavirus, only 47% approve of what he's doing, 49% disapprove. In this same Rasmussen poll, 55% disapprove of Biden's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, only 43% approve. When asked if President Biden has kept that promise to shut down the virus, or if he's broken that promise, only 30% said he kept it. 60 say he broke it. And he's got governors across the nation that are going toe-to-toe with him. And sadly for him, and I say sadly, I'm not sad about it, but for him it should be sad A lot of the governors that are coming over and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You heard what Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitman had to say. A lot of other Democrat governors are saying, hold on, wait a minute. Ron DeSantis in Florida, he's been all up in this and very, very vocal from the beginning. And uh, when the case numbers began to escalate last year, earlier this year in Florida, All the hard-left media sycophants that are spokespeople for the Democrat Party, they were quick to pile on DeSantis for his decisions made for the Floridians that in many cases countered the political perspective that we were all told to adopt, which is vaccinate, shut down, wear a mask, and shut up. DeSantis, he said no. No. And he was so far into it as he still is that what he did, he told people that worked in his govern, uh, in his administration in Florida, they better abide by the policies that come out of the Florida government and not move in and do things on their own. Day before yesterday, in a speech, he got after Fauci. He was in Oldsmar, Florida. He briefly mentioned the emergence of this Omicron variant. And the market's initial reaction to the news, noting it was not fearful of the virus, but rather fearful that governments would do destructive things in the name of Omicron. He said, and in Florida, we're not going to let them lock you down again. We won't let them restrict you. We're not going to let them impose their mandates. We're not going to let them close schools. We're going to protect your freedom to make your decisions. He said, I have no problem if somebody is. If they're scared of Omicron and they want to lock down or they want to isolate, that's absolutely their choice. We live in a free society. But you don't impose Fauciism on the whole country, on the whole state. It's wrong. And he went through to the crowd. He went through his response to the Delta variant over the summer and the tremendous success that it had, setting up dozens of treatment facilities, for monoclonal antibodies. Only state that's done that. And guess what? In the last two months, they have the lowest or one of the lowest COVID rates in the entire country, Florida does. They have one of the lowest hospitalization census numbers. The lowest percentage in ICU patients anywhere. While you see it surging in other parts of the nation. It's not like you lock down and it'll just go away, he said. He said, explaining it's something society has to grapple with. And he added that Florida's provided good options in addressing the virus while simultaneously championing individual freedom. Folks, those two don't live in an exclusive world. You can address one thing and still address the other at the same time. You don't have to do one or the other. That's Fauciism. You either abide by what Fauci says or you die. Period. There's nothing in between. And when he's questioned on national television last week, he said, Yeah, you got to listen to the science. And I represent science, which is the greatest uh, unbelievable statement for anybody that works for the federal government, let alone the highest paid employee in the government. Hey, in just a minute, we're going to talk about old left coastie, Gavin Newsom. He's out pushing his book. Yeah, he's out on on the town, going around the state, pushing his book. He was on The View, and he got to talking about pointing his finger at Texas, and the conversation on The View was about criminality. Lawlessness, all amuck across the nation, and what was going on? But Gavin Newsom lied. He, when he compared his, his state to that of Texas, he lied. Got that and a few more things before we get done. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it?
2: What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing?
0: Amanda. <laughs> but the latest
2: technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids have bought me a
0: busted machine again. Odessa!
2: That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather.
1: Allegra. What is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny.
2: I don't know about that. <laughs> the latest in sports.
1: Clarissa, how many did old satchel strike out last night? Satchel Page died in 1982. <laughs> how many he get? Satchel Page is dead. In what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Page. Oh. Ah.
2: I don't know about that. <laughs> Even local news and pop culture. Manita, what are them boys up to across
0: the street?
1: They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I
0: don't know about that.
2: Here <laughs> it to smart devices like your thermostat.
1: Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize?
2: The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young.
1: Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh, jazz.
2: It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things.
1: Emilia, where did I put the phone? (sighs) The phone is in your right hand.
2: And it has an uh-huh feature for long, rambling stories. So then I gave him $5, and he said I only gave him $1. Uh-huh.
1: I said, I know I gave you a $5. uh huh Because I only had a 5 and a $1 on Uh-huh. And this is the $1 right here. Uh-huh.
2: So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now.
0: I can't tell you how many times since I heard the, that ad for the first time I'll, uh, somebody will say something and humorously I'll say I don't know about that Amazon Echo that was a, that's a real ad uh, that Amazon did it's a really good ad, too. It's hilarious. Well, I talked about Gavin Newsom, Governor of California. All kinds of crime problems they just are escalating day after day across his state. I mean, pretty much everything you can think about, but the bad ones and I think the story on the view of the conversation it was centered primarily on the snatch and grab problem that is happening almost exclusively in San Francisco. It is happening in L.A., but not nearly as much as is happening in San Francisco. And uh, Newsom was on the show. He's selling his book. He wrote a book. I can't imagine anything that he would publish in a book being interesting or something that I'd want to read about, and I'm not going to. But nevertheless, he was doing it. And so when Whoopi asked him, Whoopi Goldberg asked him about the increasing crime rate in his state, he actually came out and said that there's more violent crime now in Texas than there is in California. They're doing a better job than Texas is. Now, I wonder what he was thinking when he did that. I mean, he's a a lawyer. He's a smart guy. He's the governor of California. He has access to all kinds of information. He's on a national talk show, and yes, it's a far-left talk show. I get that, but he should have access to the same kinds of things that we here at Truth News Network have, like the crime statistics as published annually by his state and those of Texas. So I just very quickly, I went and looked up the crime statistics for last year, 2020, the last year that it's available for California compared to Texas. Number of violent crimes, that include homicide, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. In 2020, in California, 173,864. 173,864. Same ones, murder, rape, robbery, aggravated assault in Texas. In 2020, 130,034. 130,034 in Texas compared to 173,864 that happened in California. Now, what does that mean? Folks, that doesn't sit in a vacuum. All of the Democrat-controlled big states, Illinois, New York, um, California, where else Democrat-controlled? Philadelphia, Baltimore, Detroit. All of those big cities where crime is just going through the roof in those states. They all have something in common. They're soft on crime. They're soft on those that commit the crimes. Lower bail, no bail at all. Dumbing down what they're holding these criminals accountable to it's a commonality. It's a threat. Chicago. Oh my gosh. That's the poster child city for a crime. Just going through the roof. You remember last year, one of the biggest demonstration protest and riots they had was on the miracle mile, which is a, uh, it's a mile long stretch of very, very upscale high dollar stores right on the lake, Lake Michigan in a great part of downtown Chicago. And I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people that were out and all of a sudden they just decided to break doors down, break windows down and go in and snatch and grab. Well, yesterday, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she explained what's going on. Smash and grab robbers surging in Chicago, but the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, blames retailers. You got to tell me more.
3: She did. She blamed the retailers and she should apologize for saying this. Some of the retailers downtown in Michigan Avenue, I will tell you, I'm disappointed that they're not doing more to take safety uh, and make it a priority. For example, we still have retailers that won't institute um, plans like having security officers in their stores, uh, locking up uh, their merchandise at night, chaining high-end bags. These purses seem to be something um, that is attracting a lot of attention on these organized retail uh, theft units.
2: We've heard Democrats say, "No, this doesn't exist. We've heard them blame the retailers who are still trying to get back from the pandemic <laughs> they should do more and what about those small mom and pops who are next to some of those larger bigger chains so
1: they can get the foot traffic they're supposed to go out and hire security guards and spend all that money and the fact that this is happening not just in the bad areas like the south side of Chicago but in the more affluent the tourist areas in the hot spots you got a major problem and that's not the way to address
2: now yeah, wait she till later apologize. in the show when we tell you what's going on in Beverly Hills California oh, yeah. we will get there too
0: so what Lightfoot was referencing as she was saying this without saying it, hey, we're not going to make our police force that we hire and pay millions of taxpayer dollars to fund to go fight criminality. We're not going to make them go take care of the crime. And because they're not going to do that, what needs to happen is the store owners need to hire their own security and take care of their own security the definition of far-left insanity. And Lori Lightfoot, that thought process, it represents many, many others. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you for joining us every day at TNN Live, truthnewsnet.org. Thanks for supporting us the way that you do. Make sure you look in every day. Catch the latest story. They're all important because they're speaking about things that are important to all of us. Have a great day good stuff. We're going to end with the good stuff.
1: Christmas future is far away. Christmas past is past. Christmas present is here today, bringing joy that Let your heart be light. From now.